Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. This podcast is a special edition produced by B. Waters Productions. On this episode, you're going to hear my conversation with former NFL All-Pro punter Marquette King. Mr. King and I had a great conversation about being one of few black punters in the NFL, as well as what it means to him as far as he having an impact on this next generation and what he's been up to and what's next. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's my conversation with Marquette King. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line today, I got the one, the only Marquette King. I call him one of the coolest punters to ever play in the National Football League. Mr. King, what's up, bro? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I appreciate you for inviting me, man. Nah, man, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time out your busy schedule. Um, So, you know, let's get started. Uh, First and foremost, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic, actually two of them, you know, how are you feeling? Like with everything going on, how are you feeling? Um, well, I always try to find the light in everything. Like, you know, um, so I just try to find all the fun stuff to do. So I kind of, I don't know, I just get into like wine tasting. I get into making music. I get into like just maybe going on a hike. So I just find all the other fun stuff to do besides just stay indoors all the time. Okay, what kind of music you be making? I made house, EDM, dance, and a little bit of hip hop. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out when uh, you put it out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I see. I guess I see you got the drum set. Uh, what kind of set you got? It's. I think it's Pearl. Is it Pearl? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I see the yeah. uh, that sunburst tone, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh Come yeah, on, that's nah. tight. <laughs> I'm talk- I, ain't, I ain't as good as you though I ain't as good as you I still need practice I don't know if the snare sound right you might gotta come over here and tune it for me uh, <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah, we'll, we'll definitely once all this is over um, <laughs> you know I was you know obviously doing my research man and one of the things I learned was that you said that you started uh, really punting well playing football in high school you know in the middle of high school what was mm-hmm. it that made you decide like this is something that you wanted to do it just looked fun. It looked cool. I like seeing the, the group of people in the shoulder pads and the helmet. Like It just looked super cool to me. So I just got into it. Now, I know you play wide receiver and punter. So how did you how did you end up punting? And, you know, like, how did that all come about as far as the positions? I was just, I was just really bored. And when I was at the house, I would just keep kicking a football because, like, nobody could throw it to me there. So I was just in the backyard trying to kick it over a ditch, and I would just repetitively just keep trying to kick it over a ditch. Okay. So I got a story, and I told my guard brother that I was going to be interviewing you today. And yeah. one of the things, uh, when I was about ninth grade, I told him, I said, man, I'm going to try for the football team, and I'm going to kick. And him and his brother, my older guard brother, decided to say – to, to tear me the other way and uh sammy i'm putting him out there looked at me and said do you know what we do to kickers you can't be kicking so i'm like uh, okay so i have to ask you this question were you ever teased about punting oh plenty of time plenty of okay. time at the same time like i just 
don't know. I just knew I was I was really good at it, and I also like I just knew I didn't look like a punter, so it was all cool. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Did you um have any um like when you was in high school any like memorable games that where you like changed the game because that's the thing like obviously when you know football you know how important a punter is so did you have any games that stand out where you kind of put your team in a position to win the game man i i can't even i don't even know if i can think back that far like (laughs) i don't know my memory my memory has been stored with so much brand new stuff like i can't even think back that far (laughs) No, nah, I, I definitely understand. I definitely understand. So you decided to go to HBCU. Was that a priority? Um, or, you know, like, how did you decide which school you was going to go to? Um, well, I worked out at Albany State at first with Coach Pittman before I even knew, before he even became my coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of didn't have no choice because, I mean, I wasn't really doing my schoolwork like I was supposed to. And... Um, Fort Valley gave me a chance to just go there for a whole year and a half to prove that I'm there to do my schoolwork. And then I uh, did everything I needed to do to get on the team. And then that's when it started. Okay. Now, uh, you know, there you went as a wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. And then your coach told you that, you know, they was going to take away your scholarship if you wouldn't become a full-time punter. Correct. And just yeah. make sure that you know the internet sometimes yeah. miss up nah, things. They do. <laughs> yeah. They do. Um, what was your thought process like? Was it a hard decision, or did you immediately know that you would go right back to punting? No, I I wanted to be a receiver, um, but they were threatening to take my scholarship, so I kind of didn't have a choice. So I was like, if I'm gonna be a punter, then I'm gonna just dress up like a receiver that punts. <laughs> Okay. Did you ever so, get a chance to uh, get in the game and get uh, as a wide receiver, like for a couple of plays, or they just kept you punting? No, I just run. I probably just run routes on air and stuff, like I do now. Like even when I was in the XFL, I just ran on air. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, the draft comes up, and I know you wasn't drafted, but like, how nerve wracking was that night for you, or those days? I should say, night and days. It was, it was, it was a little interesting because I was told I was gonna get picked up that day, but not knowing when I would get picked up. So that was kind of cool. But um, when I I got picked up, my phone rang 15 seconds after the actual draft went off, and uh, it was from Oakland. And I'm like, what is Oakland calling for? And then mm-hmm. picked it up, and they told me it was from the Raiders. Then I caught my agent and I was like, so is that an NFL team? Cause I didn't, I'm not a big fan of sports like that. So I, um, he told me, yeah, that's the NFL team. He started laughing, but he was like, yeah, they're, on, they're in California. So I was like, okay. So I ran out of the house and I was like, yes. <laughs> now <laughs> you coming from Georgia. What was that? Like, how did your family feel as far as that was concerned? You know, that's a big change. And how did you feel about going to Cali? I was just ready to go. Like, I was ready to try something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just ready to try something different. Yeah, now, you get the... You're going to Oakland. Now, I mean, first of all, let me step back. Because you said 15... About 15 seconds after the draft was over. Was there a little bit of disappointment that you wasn't drafted or you was just happy for the opportunity? I No, I just... 
I was warned that uh, free agents get called right after that. So oh, okay. I knew it was people getting called after that. Yeah. Got you. All right. Now you go to Oakland. What was that experience like? Um, you know, you going up there and if I'm not mistaken, you replaced Shane uh, Leckler um, and, you know, and you working with uh, Sebastian Janikowski and they always, you know, kind of, let's be real. You, there are some kickers and punters you just know. And that's one thing about you. You instantly became that, which we'll get into, but there are some kickers and punters of teams that you just know. So it seems as if it may be harder to kind of get a spot there, but like, can you talk about that process and how you was able to get on the team? Um, when I first got there, the only reason I heard of Jenikowski is because uh, everybody kept talking about him and the uh, bar fights and stuff from back in the day. And then somebody, like, they just told me who they were after I got picked up by that team. And um, I was doing looking at YouTube videos, like, who they are. And they were like, man, these are the, like, basically the internet and everything was saying, like, those are the best kicker punter duo in the NFL. And I'm like, damn, how am I going to get a job? So um, I knew my goal to go when I went there was to just, I was like, man, I might not have a chance, but I'm going to at least go here and I'm going to just learn as much as I can and just soak in everything I can. And, um, but at the same time, I still went there with the mindset as if the Raiders are already my team. Like, I clanked that so hard. Yeah, man. Now you you come into the league, and like I said, you made an impact. Did you realize the impact you had as far as the young black football players, or did you kind of realize that later? I think I realized that later. Uh, I think I was just so into the moment and stuff. I, I wasn't really thinking about it, but now that I've had time to like just sit down and just sit back and. Uh, Cause when everything's happening for you like that, you get so many messages, you get all this, all that, mm-hmm. and uh, just sitting back and just seeing how many people have reached out to me in the past and even now still, um, I'm like, dang, I actually did a little something to make some kind of impact. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now I I'm, I watched this story where you talked about your dad uh, watching football. And your first game was against the Dallas Cowboys. And I think one of the coolest things you said that on the video was that you saw the star and like, wow, this is this is a team I grew up watching. Um, and then your first punt to have who's now the coach for the Raiders, John Gruden, calling it. Like, what was – I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but were you – what was that feeling like your first punt is against the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. It was unreal. Um, I I was instructed to not look in the stands, look at this crowd, because um, then it'll probably create nerves. So it was the first thing I do when I walk out. I'm gonna get the crowd. I'm like, Dang, it's a lot of people. This ain't Fort Valley State Stadium right here. And then I walk to the back of the end zone, get ready to punt. And then I just remember hearing this dude like, "What? This a black punter? This a fake?" And I was like, "Well, these folks stupid, boy." So I start, they all kind of started laughing on the other side and then it just killed all the jitters and the nerves. And I was like, okay, let's go. And um, it was around the time when my coach made me change up the way I punt. And uh, it was almost like, it's almost like when you take a risk and you just do something, you just trust something that it's going to work out. It's almost like a feeling of just falling. So I just kind of like fell into exactly what I needed to do to execute what I needed to do to 
potentially try to win a job. Okay. Now there was a, a play um, when you it was a, a fourth and twenty five, and you ran it for twenty six yards. Did like one? Did the play? Did that? Was that a, a intentional fake? And two, how like um, how often did y'all practice that? Uh, we didn't practice it much. I mean, it wasn't an intentional thing too. I was supposed to punt it, but when it skipped to me, it just threw me off because like when you're used to something happen happening the same way for a while, and something small kind of happens, it you just kind of think differently. So when it skipped, I kind of like I was like, okay, do I still have time to kick this? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just go. So I took off, and I couldn't have punted it because it would have got blocked. But as I was running, I was saw these linebackers, and I'm like, oh, NFL linebackers, okay, they slow. And I just kept running fast, and then I ended up. I made sure I went past the second yard marker, and then once I went past it, I mean, I just kind of blacked out. Like, dang, I really just did that. <laughs> now, did you all? Did you like hope for more plays like that, more fakes? I was hoping so. I'm like, man, I'm young, I'm athletic still, and man, like, I'm only getting older. So y'all gotta, y'all gotta only so much time to allow me to run. Might mm-hmm. as well. But we we did run one. We did run a intentional play. Um, it was against the Broncos, but it's almost like they knew we were gonna run a play before we ran it. It was right after Derek Carr got set. Okay. Yeah, it's unfortunate because you know it's it would have been real cool to see you really change the game for punters. I mean, you did in a way, but just to see it more, more often. Um, can you talk about yeah. just the dancing? Like, I know that was always you, but bringing that into the NFL and like I said, now you you know we in the social media age, so you obviously there was a lot of times your videos clips of you dancing was on social media can you talk about like that impact i mean it was just me being me um i believe in celebrating your small accomplishments especially when you work on it all week like from sun up to sundown like constantly walking around with a football i feel like when i practice on pinning the ball inside the five yard line like that mm-hmm. i deserve to celebrate that because that's something i've been working and when you finally see the results and it's it's just it's it's fun. I love to celebrate my little battles that I win. Yeah. Now you got any funny stories you remember that stick out from uh, Oakland? Man, they might be too censored for this. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> <laughs> gonna have to be like a a drunk bar story. Okay, <laughs> we had to talk about that off the air. <laughs> oh man! So, um, you know, you you were released from Oakland and you went to Denver. Uh, what was that like? What was that thought? Like, what was going on in your mind? You know, when you found out that you was going to be released, especially considering you was an All Pro punter there. Yeah, so it it, it was really stressful because it's like. Uh, uh, reporters and stuff making rumors about why I got let go, probably because of my personality or uh, so-called antics. Um, and uh, I was just trying to figure out what the problem was. And it was like, I never got an answer. I don't know if it was money. I don't know if it was personality, but I do know one thing. If it was personality, 
all you got to do is sit me down. Like, um, and it sucked because when I first went there, the same day I went there to introduce myself to Gruden and uh, the special teams coach, Basakia, I had gifts for him. And I was in there happy to meet him and stuff. And next thing you know, I got called to uh, get released. And I was like, how? Like, how, how is this happening? I thought I, I had a good year last year, last season. It, none of it made sense, so I just went on with it and uh, ended up going to the Broncos. I thought the Broncos would be a, a good spot, a good landing spot because they got the altitude. And, mm-hmm. um, and I've been practicing that coach from Broncos decides to change my whole kick, kicking technique and kept swinging my leg around. It was like weird, swing your leg around kick. The more I kept doing it, kept tearing my adductor. And, um, man, I was just in a really dark place, man, because it's like, man, um, it was like I was just being forced to get out of my comfort zone and uh, do something I'm not used to, and it just kept tearing me up physically and mentally. And I was actually really happy when I got let go because I just – I wasn't – I didn't want to play football for a little bit just because everything – it just – everything just tore me down I'm so bad. So. Man. Yeah, excuse me. It's, it's, it sucks that people always with it seems like with us, and you know, I said, <laughs> uh, with us, they always try to put us in a box and they try to say, Oh, well, this is how they are, and this is how they are, you know, and, and as opposed to, like you said, just sitting down having a conversation, or you know, they tell you they want you, but then they try to change your whole style up, especially when clearly it was working, you know, they don't yeah. just. Everybody don't just become an all pro, you know, let alone Pro Bowl, but let alone all pro. So, yeah. Um, you you go to the XFL. What's that like? You know, it makes this comeback, and a lot of people are excited. You get a chance. You can talk about that experience. Um, at the beginning, I did not want to do the XFL. I felt like statistically, I know I know I'm in the top ten of of the history of punters of just doing what I do. Um, I know I'm in the top 10 with the best. And with the agent that I had at the time, I'm like, man, I, I don't belong in XFL. Why? Like, what is it? And you're just like, uh, some people just don't think you can still do it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what about so-and-so? They brought him in and he was out for like two seasons. So why me? Like, why do I got to go through all this? And uh, man, I, it was tough, man. I decided to go into XFL and, um, Go there for a little bit, and the more I kept doing it, the the more I started feeling my happiness of the game coming back, like even more than it was before. And I really enjoyed it. The fans of St. Louis were cool. The coaches, the staff, the players on St. Louis, they were so cool. And it uh it made me see things a whole different way. Um, and still had the same work ethic. Still playing like I did. Uh, ended up being in the top of the XFL. Um. And still didn't get a call, so <laughs> I don't know. It was, but I had fun. It brought joy. It brought my pride—not uh, pride, but uh, my passion back. So now it's owned by uh, The Rock and Danny Garcia. Do you see yourself going back? Nope. I belong in the NFL. Okay. Like, I, I think this whole country knows I belong in the NFL, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but um. Like I said, if 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 people would take the time to actually call and get to know somebody, 
they'll really know who the real person is instead of like, I don't know, going off word of mouth or going off what you see off the internet. Like you can't never judge anybody from a distance if you've never met them before. And I've always lived by that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever uh, play, you play Madden and you ever use yourself? Uh, I, of course, of course. <laughs> the star quarterback ain't getting no playing time over me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Now, uh, real quick, when you was in St. Louis, I saw this video. Uh, you were going over to a fan's house barbecuing. How did how did that come about? Because that looked fun. And to me, <laughs> that show who you are because everybody don't just do that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of show who you are. So, like, how did that come about? Yeah. Man, I was just, it's, it wasn't, it's not much to do in St. Louis, so I'm out there just chilling, and then I hit my boy Taylor Russellino, the kicker, and Tanner Carew, the lone snapper, and I was like, hey, let's go barbecue at somebody's house. Like, we were walking back, because I didn't bring my car to St. Louis. I would walk to, walk to the facility and walk back to the hotel, even when it was freezing cold, so it was, it was wow. probably, it, it, I think it snowed the day before, and it was freezing cold, so I'm walking in the snow every, every day. Um, and I was like, let's just do something fun. So we reached out to a fan and, uh, he invited us over and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go buy the food. And then, uh, y'all just had a grill and stuff ready, invite some friends and we'll just all hang out and have wine and, uh, eat barbecue. So I barbecued chicken for him and everything. It was fun. got to know him and, uh, it was super cool, man. I, that's something I definitely want to do, especially when I go to the league, uh, it, whatever team I'm on, I want to just hang out with people and just. Oh no! Just kick it with them. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a southern hospitality, man. <laughs> I lived in Connecticut, and you could tell, like, yeah. when at, at ESP when I worked at ESPN, you could tell who was from the South versus who was from the North because people from the South would always host the events. You know, they would always shout out to my boy Steve Morrison, who was like. He he called it on yeah. Instagram. The tag was the ghetto because he would always have like all the cookouts and stuff. Now you um, can you talk about your relationship <laughs> with Greg Coleman, the first black punter? <laughs> I was to say, um, you know, Greg Coleman, first black Man, punter. Greg Coleman, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. I, man, that's my guy. That's my guy. He uh, I reached, I got connected to him through my coach, uh, Coach Holmes. They used to both go to uh, FAMU. And he gave me his number, and Greg Coleman would just talk to me when I was in my last year, uh, or second to last year in college. And he told me he would come to my first game and just watch. And he actually came to the family game. I didn't play my best game that first game, but the mm-hmm. fact that he came, that was so cool. It was super cool. And uh, that's when the birth of a, a super close relationship with him became, man. Like, the fact that he actually told me he was going to show up, and he showed up out of the busy schedule that he had to come see me. Uh, made that whole relationship and I definitely talked to him now and learned a lot from him um he's been a very like major part of my career I think as far as giving me advice and everything he, he if I feel a certain type of way even during the game sometime like when we scrimmaged against the Vikings here like we kind of have our little hand signals we talk back and forth like, he'll be like calm down if I need to calm down he's just a really good super thankful for Man, that's awesome, man. Um, before I let you go, man, you let the people know where they can find you and how they can keep up. 
You can find me at, at Marquette King. It's Marquette spelled like the college and then King spelled like King. <laughs> um, got a couple of songs out, Spotify, Apple, under the same name, Marquette King. Check out some of them tunes and yeah, just vibe out. All right, I'm going to definitely check it out, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Marquette King. Make sure y'all give him a follow. If you haven't done so, make sure you check out his music. And we want to see him back in the NFL. That's where he belongs. The league needs him. We need people. We need black punters. You know, we talk about diversity. Everywhere needs to be diverse. And that's a job for somebody. You know, there's going to be a kid out there who wants to punt. We need to stop putting people in the box. So, Marquette, I appreciate you coming on, bro. I appreciate you too.